TFT podcast. What? Yeah, welcome back to the weekly podcast where we talk about all all manner of popular culture. Uh, it's you know been just you know one short week since we uh, last came to you. Um, how have you been in the last week, Matt? <laughs> oh, you know it was an okay week. It was uneventful. Not a lot happened uh, no. over the last week since we uh, what since we talked about Girls season one. Uh, I know. It, yeah, exactly. Man, that, that Lena Dunham is something. I hope she does okay at the Emmys and stuff. Exactly. Yeah, I hope, um, I, I sure hope no one ever um, parodies her on Saturday Night Live. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would, be, that would be ungenerous of someone to not, you know, understand the heartfelt place from which her show emerges deep within right. her artistic self, you know? So is this what we're going to do? We're actually going to like pretend as if the last ten months have not happened. <laughs> no, I, I, I mean for comic effect until it, it displeases us, and then we then we throw it out because that's been our way with this podcast. When it displeases it is, us, we it neglect is cold it. Here in Cambridge, Massachusetts, uh, how is it in, in California? <laughs> what? Oh, it's it's uh, still relatively sunny. Uh, I'm looking out, thinking of taking a run later. That's, uh, yeah. you know, that's what's on my mind. Just saying. Can't do that in January in, in Boston, Massachusetts. Yeah. <laughs> um, what we're, what we're saying listeners is that we're back from, we're back from our hiatus. Yeah. Don't call it a comeback. Because uh, we, because we've been talking about coming back from this hiatus for years. <laughs> um, I'm glad. I'm glad to be back. There's been a big. There's been a big fucking teenager uh, hole. Fucking oh god! Already it begins. That's great. Great. Yeah. <laughs> there's been a big fucking teenager shaped hole in my life uh, uh-huh. since we have not kept up this uh, this podcast, and it's. <laughs> and there's a. Uh, um, there's a lot of sort of professional reasons that we did that and personal reasons, but really the main reason I think is that we never figured out the post. We never really got excited about another show, uh, TV show after Gossip Girl, because this sort of, we talked a little bit about it, uh, uh, immediately after Gossip Girl ended, like the momentum of having a weekly show to talk about, um, really helped us, uh, you know, really helped us to, um, uh, to to motivate us to to record is what I mean. Well, and it, it was not just like the it was it was having a show that we consumed regularly, right? There was a when Gossip Girl was um, on and releasing new uh, new episodes, it was a, th- a show that both of us watched, right? Even if we didn't, you know, wasn't exactly appointment television, we you know watched it live. We certainly watched it regularly, right? And it was, it was content that was coming out at a regular uh, period that we were already doing, right? So part of how um, TFT started and even pre-TFT started is that, you know, in some ways the very first, um, you know, uh, the the proto uh, primordial ooze from which TFT emerged was a, um, a, I believe, a supplementary episode to the uh, Overthinking It podcast on which we had been watching Gossip Girl and we talked about it. And it right, um, and we were sitting there. We were sitting there in, uh, um, 
in my apartment on Raymond Street in New Haven, uh, mm-hmm. which I actually, in my recent visit to the East Coast in New Haven, uh, I was out in that neighborhood and I had a friend drive me by that uh, where the old house was. And I had expected to find it dilapidated because that neighborhood was headed downhill in like early... Uh, early 2009, right? Recession 2009. Mm-hmm. Uh, but someone, I guess, had bought it and fixed it all up and it was, uh, was looking really, really nice. Um, which I guess was, it was kind of a disappointment. I, I was hoping that like urban decay had set in, in my gentrifying neighborhood. Um, and that the, you know, that the soft pop pop of distant gunshots, uh, that, uh, had become the, the lullaby that, that rocked me to sleep in, you know, my late months in that apartment. Uh, <laughs> right no, no, in, fact, in fact, it was, all it took was you moving out and everything was able to move. Uh, move forward. Yeah. <laughs> the, the youths on bikes moved on and, uh, yeah, the hoodie wearing youths on bikes and they're, you know. Uh, and it was, yeah, all gentrified white people again. There was a great soul food restaurant around the corner. And I remember we had soul food and we watched Gossip Girl. And uh, and we thought, hey, why don't we record this for public consumption? Well, I think because we were talking about it uh, in very excited uh, terms. Um, and, 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 and it was, you know, at that point, um, you know, the, what, that would have been um, 2000... Nine. Um, so the overthinking it podcast would have just been going. No, it was. It was had not yet reached its one year anniversary of um, continuous um, uh, weekly podcasts. Um, let alone the five year milestone that had just passed. So right that that we don't. It, but I think as we were talking about, we were like, hey, this is about uh, the, the level of what we do on the Overthinking Thinking It podcast. Let's record it, right? Yeah. And so the point is, is that we were already doing this, right? That we, we were um, already watching the show and we wanted to talk about it. Um, and I think that um, TFT has succeeded when there's been that schedule, when there's been content that's, um, that we were already um, going to be watching, um, and as soon as the the kind of costs of preparation rise above that level, yeah, productivity falls off completely. Um, right? So any any time that we do something that we were not already going to be doing, um, it, it it becomes unsustainable, right? Um, and and so and I think that we've tried several times to have other shows uh, that we've that we've discussed um, and. You know the summer schools uh, have worked because, uh, in the case of especially our several UK-based summer schools of Skins um, or um, Misfits, these are things that after watching one episode, we but we kind of both started at the same time, found them compelling, and plowed through them, and so it right. became a, our kind of you know the thing that we were watching um, at a at a given time, and you know during the summer. In addition, you know one of the things that happens in the summer is that most of the other series aren't on. So there was kind of a gap in TV watching. Um, and so this kind of, we could kind of move through that regularly, but even that model had some tensions because, you know, the, uh, in, in the kind of era of snackable TV, you can watch, you know, you can binge watch a whole season. Um, and then that becomes actually kind of difficult to, to talk about in manageable chunks. Um, and so I think we've, we've struggled and we, we, for a while, you know, because TFT had, um, been ostensibly a, a podcast about TV shows about, um, gossip girl namely, but you know, 
European soap operas um, more generally, then we we kept saying, well, we need to find another teen-related TV show to talk about. And, you know, most of the TV shows we were watching regularly were not about teenagers, um, all of them, I think. And then we, you know, thought, well, okay, then let's, you know, we... we, Yeah, let's let's really dive deep on Sally Draper, right? Right, exactly, uh, or Walt Walt Jr. Right, um, and and I think I mean one option that I guess we could have done was just to to, and I think we had resisted talking about the TV shows that were um, we were already going to talk about, in part because most of those are the the shows that are covered um, elsewhere in the Overthinking It family, well, right, and Glee, in the growing family yeah, sure. of, uh, of of uh, of of recaps. Um, now that's kind of actually filling that um that that niche um yeah and so it was, it was a trips. it was a question of given our particular brief right which is which combines sort of sociology with this kind of fascination with uh youth culture but youth culture of a particular stripe um you know sort of aspirational youth culture or youth culture that's very self-conscious about its uh about the claims that it makes about uh, about itself and with a strong sense of you know of what we've talked about as ulteriority before like what sure. what could we what could we continue to do and i think girls was a natural outgrowth of that but but a lot of this stuff a lot of the stuff honestly just wasn't that compelling i mean gossip girl was was a pretty amazing moment uh in in the culture, I think, um, was the sort of, uh, sort of Josh Schwartz apotheosis, right? Like after the, uh, after the OC, like it was a, it was a, just a, a incredible confluence of, factors that that made it so wonderful like you know maybe we should talk about we, maybe we should start watching and talking about the turkish oc is, <laughs> yeah i um, saw that uh maybe maybe no see that's that's what we would have said 10 months ago when we were unwise we might have said let's talk about the turkish oc let's talk about mexican gossip girl um <laughs> but that's not what we're going to do because we realize that's never going to happen right um and i think that it's also you know we you know in the spirit of finding ways to you know in addition to this kind of um engagement with a certain kind of youth culture i think that the other thing about this is a feeling that that type of culture or gossip girl in particular and the things that we as that you know we associated with gossip girl gossip girl inspired us to think of you know are illuminate a broader perspective on how we think society and culture work right and 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 i think that way you know, this was really, and, and everyone, you know, if you're still listening I said, to this podcast, uh, and, you know, if, if you've seen this mysteriously pop up in your podcatcher or what, press play, then I think you've now by now figured out that it wasn't really ever really about teenagers or really about even Gossip Girl, but about this set of overriding concerns that, um, that 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 uh, that, that we, we fixated on, but our kind of interests in in Gossip Girl gave voice to these things that were also there, right? That were that were kind of marching along um, in you know the the fraggle cave of our of our subconscious, right? <laughs> like, um, and and that um, and and that you know in trying to find other teenage properties to kind of give that 
portal to that kind of world where things are going on, it, it never went because those other shows didn't go deep enough. They, they weren't portals into that place where those things were being played out. And so I think our our, our mission in trying to to get this startup is that these concerns are still there. Like this this factory, this this labor, this project uh, continues in various ways in our kind of you know professional lives, in our in our kind of way we engage with the popular culture. And so the question is, how can we find you know the ways you know how, what what media and what pieces of popular culture that we are consuming. Um, as as consumers of pop culture, give us windows into that, and 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 so trying to broaden the scope of what it is that inspires our discussion, um, and that will you know maybe now more music, more film, um, maybe occasionally TV shows if we start to watch something that um, is compelling in that way, but kind of you know broadening the source of inspiration um and you know we'll we're going to experiment a bit um uh casting the net a bit wider and wider to see how different inspirations um work um and and, you know these also we may go the other way of starting to pull things in from our own kind of um professional careers whether it's academic readings or um you know, work that you're doing, Matt, in 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 the in the acting space that um, then also connect back to the popular culture, right? And and so you know, we're going to rather than setting up many barriers or saying that there's only one road to to TFT, um, we're going to try to start opening all of the roads and 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 you know, um, and, and, and broadening the net, um, so that we can kind of continue the conversation and continue the broader project that we've been pursuing, uh, for the last, um, really four years. That, that is to say there's a strong confirmation bias in, in, you know, <laughs> in the things we like, because we begin with, with convictions, even if they're, you know, uh, as yet not fully formed, uh, convictions about our culture and about our sort of social world, uh, and about how the world works, uh, mm-hmm. at the level of kind of symbol and representation, um, and how those things bear on, uh, larger issues of, of politics and economics and, and, uh, and things like this. Um, I mean, politics being the gossip girl side, economics, I think being the glee side, uh, right. Like, and, and we find, we, we find these things, uh, in, we find little nuggets of these things in the things that we watch and bring up, uh, watch and listen to. Yeah. I, I also like, you know, when we were talking about it, Ryan and I saw each other in person recently and sort of talked about how we would like to, uh, if and how we would like to continue this uh, this effort, this you know, well, I don't know. I used to describe overthinking it as a multidisciplinary, longitudinal research project uh, centered around the question: Is our teenagers fucking? And and now I think that we have to we have to sort of uh, maybe revisit that because I think we've we've answered the the question: Right, is our teenagers fucking? With with a qualified yes, um, they, they are fucking intransitively, right? They are fucking with, you know, yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. They, <laughs> <laughs> they are fucking around. They are fucking over. Uh, but um, the thing that came that that came to me that kept um, uh, I, I kind of turning over in my mind after our conversation was a line from T. S. Eliot's "The Wasteland" uh, from "What the Thunder Said" the near the end, uh, where he says, "These fragments I have shored against my ruins." 
Um, and the, the idea of uh, uh, the idea that Elliot had of of culture being fragmented, the, the sort of post World War One, um, uh, the the kind of post World War One intellectual holy shit uh, that that everyone has. Um, uh, uh, that, you know that everyone was feeling at the time that was that led to high modernism uh, in the same way that the kind of the post nine eleven or the post internet holy shit uh, that our culture is the American culture uh, is undergoing um, it sort of leads to a sense of of great uh, great fragmentation right and um, either you. Uh, either well, there are three responses to it. One is is sort of retrograde. One is kind of conservative, in in which you you sort of decry everything around you, and you know, gosh, you know, I really miss the old days of. I don't even know what a full house or something like that. Right. Like when, when all the teenagers were like Kimmy on full house. Right. Um, the other thing was the other thing you can do is kind of, um, is, you know, kind of, uh, become a Dadaist, right. And dive in and like, just go, just go straight and like reap the whirlwind, right. Just go straight into the heart of meaninglessness, uh, and go absolutely nuts. Um, and we've, we've had those moments. I don't recommend anyone listen to the early episode called Experimental Noise Collective. Uh, I believe it's episode five, if, I, if memory serves. <laughs> Where we alienate and confound the listener. But I think that the, the, uh, the other thing is to sort of, um, is to become a bricolure, right? To become a collage artist and, uh, you know, and to, ta- to shore up uh, fragments uh, against your ruins or against the ruin of the ruin of culture or the ruin of a certain kind of culture because you're always standing amidst ruins of a certain of a certain kind of culture right there's always a sort of strong misreader who kind of knocks down everything uh everything that's that's come before and that like um that the effort you know the effort that we're we're doing that the effort that uh uh, uh, these fucking teenagers, or now I'm not even sure whether whether to call it that. I, but TFT, we're going to stick with the uh, uh, TFT name and brand for a little while, just as um, in the same way that like certain uh, certain acronyms outlive the act or initialisms outlive the uh, the actual thing that they you know that they meant, right? Like, um, oh, I can't say one doesn't come to mind uh, at the moment, but I'm sure we well, can think of like- one. Like Jeep, one of those. Oh yeah, like uh, Jeep. I think was meant to be like general GP, general purpose, which uh, referred to a, a kind of army vehicle that was a, that was essentially a Jeep, a kind of like army truck wagon sort of thing that was a general purpose truck, and uh, you know what was pronounced Jeep, and so Jeep, you know, uh, became the the name of that company. Sure. Um, yep. But what, one thing that the, that the TFT uh, effort has always involved is a kind of narrativization of these sort of disparate parts of, of our lives, because you are, uh, as I am, like extraordinarily uh, eclectic in your tastes and very syncretic uh, in terms of, of taking, you know, taking bits of, uh, taking bits of culture and not, um, not necessarily privileging one, 
uh, one narrative, whether it's determined by the market or whether it's, you know, determined by, you know, other cultural, cultural forces. And, and that TFT is kind of an effort to, you know, to, um, uh, to, let me jump to another, uh, high modernist, uh, uh, Joyce in Portrait of the Artist as a Young Man, right? Like, uh, to forge in the smithy of your soul, the uncreated conscience of your race. You know, and so we're we're dealing with that. And I th- I, I want to add. I mean, not to get too autobiographical, yeah. but there's one other aspect to this that that I kind of want to add. Um, that was that was tr- true when we started this, but true to a lesser extent. Um, we've gotten older. Yeah. Right. And that like we're in different we're in like a qualitatively yeah both of us are in qualitatively but teenagers have re- have remained the same <laughs> the same age right it's like like you know we are the peer the teenage there is a teenagerhood out there that is like the portrait of dorian gray that remains <laughs> you know unchanging right and and yet we're like you know getting older and older right we're the yeah exactly we're matthew mcconaughey in, in dazed and confused is is what you're saying right yes yeah um, but that like, so we're in, we're in a different, different position. And I think, I wonder if the, like the, the, the meta narrative of TFT actually has something to do with us entering what kind of early midlife, right. Yeah. Or sort of late, late young adulthood or early midlife. I don't even know what to, well, let's, let's what put to it, call it in this way. I mean, you know, like someone correct me if i'm wrong wait let me think about this so we started in fall of 2009 and it's fall of 2013 so if someone had been a let's say high school freshman when we started recording this podcast right um they've they've now graduated from high school yeah is that is that correct am i doing my math right um and nine or ten. Yeah, exactly. They would be starting college now. So yeah. hey, welcome, welcome to college. You know, no, exactly. Make, so, make but, good, I mean, make so, good choices. And no, no, but because I've always, always, uh, you know, been in an academic environment, you know, I think the four year unit of time, I still kind of measure things, you know, the time passage of time in the number of like, you know, colleges, uh, that it is a four year block of time going from September to September is one college. Right. And so we, we did, um, I mean, in part because of the um, tremendous, you know, and even though it's, I guess, also the length of high school. So for some reason, you know, college is that meaningful time, right. That, that, that's, kind of that first kind of transformational um, period. And that's, you know, again, to kind of stay in the autobiographical wheelhouse, that's the time in which we, we met. And in some ways, TFT, you know, there was another kind of four year block between college and, 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 and TFT um, that is this kind of post-college, almost extended re-adolescence, right? Um, and so that, you know, the first block of TFT was, you know, the kind of, I would say is more that kind of late young adulthood um, or, or whatever, um, and that we were both kind of, you know, again, um, that, that we were, we, we recorded that first uh, episode before we basically 
both moved out of the town where we had went to college. Right. Right. <laughs> that for various reasons, you and I were both still living in, uh, in, in, in New Haven, um, four years, you know, four to six years, um, uh, four to five to six to seven years after uh, graduating college, a number of years after graduating college. Yeah. And now we've kind of been in the same places, uh, um, you know, for all of those four years, right? And and so that this this kind of you know we've graduate, you know, graduated from one college, right? So I think it makes sense in a lot of ways that TFT, um, the, that we've kind of you know finished our uh, uh, our BA. So if you've been with us this whole time, you now have a BA in TFT. In, in um, you have a BA in fucking teenagers. <laughs> Uh, you know, you can get older, but you, you can't get better. <laughs> uh, yeah, and that, and so like the con- the concerns of 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 like early midlife, you know, of kind of having relatively stable relationships and and having like more established career uh, circumstances and things like this, right? Like uh, are. Uh, where, whereas a lot of that stuff had been in flux uh, before, especially since like I went back to graduate school, you know, as uh, when I was almost thirty. Um, so I, you know, it does. Yeah, it does. It makes sense. It accounts for, uh, or or at least it comports with um, the kind of the the larger shift that we're talking about. And so that's, I mean, that's for what it's worth. This navel gazing, we do it. Uh, to kind of set the cognitive agenda for what we want to do, you know what we want. What we want to do. Oh, with I thought the show. That this is just what we are going to do from here on out. <laughs> it's great. yeah. It's going to be kind of like a, a mutual. It's going to be a kind of mutual friendly kind of uh, therapy session that we we record and broadcast to a global audience. <laughs> I mean, it always was that. It's just not going to. It's 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 just like not even going to have the pretense of being about anything else any anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's not true though. Um, we actually we we came here. Um, we came here for a reason. Um, and 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 we came here for a reason to talk about um several um several fragments to um that to to. Um, shore up against our our ruins, but the one I think that gave us the you know that that we're most inspired um, to uh, to talk about is is Lord is the pop singer Lord right um, whose new album and- uh, whose new album full length album uh, which is called Pure Heroin uh, dropped uh, September thirtieth which is yesterday as we record September thirtieth twenty thirteen um, and. Uh, I haven't. Have you listened to the new record? I haven't. I listened to it I, once I, through I, last night. Um, I I did. Um, I I listened to it once through. Um, like literally in the thirty minutes between when I got home and uh, and when we started this call. Yeah. Um. So so I think we'll we'll mostly focus on the um, uh, Love Club EP and Royals. Yeah. Uh. And 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 then other related things. What do you think? I, I think mean, that- I don't know. Just what are your first like last night when I listened to it? I need to spend a lot more time with it because I didn't have ch- a chance to like really pay attention to the lyrics and like really consider the the structure and stuff like that. I I'm not such a huge fan of that kind of like ambient minimalism uh style of electro pop um i i got to say so though that's i like yeah. so th- but then so well then and so is th- 
so do you feel that too much of the album because so how would you contrast a ambient minimalism that you kind of perceived in the full length album from um, what you what attracted you to uh, Royals in the first place? I do and like I yeah. actually, and I actually really wish so we nearly um, and and just to really. Uh, um, I think really plant our flag. I now have opened in front of me an email um, from April twenty eighth, two thousand thirteen, um, from you, Matt. Uh, <laughs> oh, you found Lord. my first. You found my my first email that I sent you about Lord. Yeah, back in April. Yeah, and 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 I think this is important but, uh, to what we're going to talk about. And so you said the Love Club NEP, um, especially Royals. We should do a music based TFT. Um, and and I think it's important to do this because I listened to it and and it also um, you know it did strike me. And then we you know then proceeded to do nothing about that for um, five months. Right. Um, but I think that it's important in some ways. I think we thought that um, at least for me. What removed any urgency was that you know I, I perceived this EP to be a EP of a um, you know a small New Zealand-based teenage indie musician, and this would be around. You know that this would be as relevant in the, the you, know, uh, uh, you know six months from now as it was then, which is that, that you know of relatively little um, relevance to people other than um, music bloggers and uh, people from New Zealand. Um, but I was, I was very wrong about that. At some point um, in, in September, in early September, I started hearing the song more and more in, in different, in different contexts. Right. Um, and um, yeah, it in, was getting, in, it was getting promoted and put into rotation in advance of the album release. Cause I mean, Royals was this single from the, from the EP. And it was, I mean, it was clear to me once I'd done some digging. So like, this is embarrassing, but I actually got turned on to Lord by a Buzzfeed article. And let's, let's, I, I want to talk about that. Yeah. yeah. This is important. Um, go, go on. So I, you know, I was just checking Buzzfeed, which I I'm kind of ashamed to say I do now. Uh, and I'm going to, let's see, I'm going to Google and try and find the, um, the article, oh yeah, it's it's called, uh, uh, it's from April 26th, uh, 2013, and it's it's called Listen to This Teen Singer from New Zealand Right Now, and it has, uh, it has the Love Club album cover, and then SoundCloud uh, embeds of Royals and the Love Club, which I think are probably the, the, uh, uh, the best tracks on the EP. So, um, or the catchiest, the catchiest anyway. So I, I liked it. So the thing that like, I, w- I want to answer like a lot of questions at once. I, I think the difference between the kind of the, the minimalist electro pop of, of the love club EP and the minimalist electro pop of, um, uh, of pure heroin has to do with like on pure heroin. There's like a, a lot more drones there's a lot more mm-hmm. like and and the vocals are I don't know produced produced a little much a little bit because like one of the things that Lord has and I'm just gonna call her Lord instead of her I'm gonna call her her stage name instead of uh, Ella right which is her her given name I guess like one of the things about Lord is that she has and I think she's like 16 now um, uh, just an incredible set of pipes right like is is a really really good singer and uh, I think that that leaving that unmessed around with is probably a good um, 
it's probably a good move aesthetically because like why why stomp all over you know i don't know this this incredible quality that that makes her unique and even like the the us version of of royals or the version of royals the kind of reproduced version of royals that's on pure heroin is just a little there's like a little more reverb on everything it's a little amped up um the the uh the like that snap sample is louder relative to the vocal than it was on the love club version and you know and so i don't i don't love that but setting it setting aside setting it aside aesthetically the idea of royals because because you and i had previous to this um discussed possibly doing a podcast about watch the throne uh Mm. and like the the themes of of sort of materialism and acquisitiveness um and the 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 kind of the hip hop version of that, and like talking about Watch the mm. Throne, in some sense, it's like the hip hop Gossip Girl, right? Like, you know, I, you can imagine. Well, maybe you can. Uh, you can imagine, you know, uh, Chuck saying to Nate, right? Like, uh, what what's Gucci, my Nate? You know, <laughs> and right, and um, so, but the the. The thing that I liked about Royals was that, like, uh, uh, but every song's like gold teeth, uh, gold, te- uh, gold teeth, gray goose, tripping in the bathroom, uh, all, you know, all these things. There's the same kind of like rattling off a list of brands, but it's deployed, um, it's deployed uh, to a different kind of manifest intent. But I think there's also like, there's also an ulterior intent. Uh, which is that like i you know a list of luxury brands is a list of luxury brands and i think the the signification of that even if you're sort of decrying the the prominence of these things in all of all of our popular media right like it's it's still a list of luxury brands right like you're still <laughs> you're still demonstrating it's kind of like showing boobs in in movies right like i was talking about this on some of their overthinking a property the other day we were talking about starship troopers uh where in starship troopers there's this sort of ut- u- utopian v- vision of the future military where men and women can shower together because everyone's gotten over it. Um, right. I don't think that that's likely. And even if it were likely, I don't think that would be desirable. Um, because uh, I think taking the fun out of getting naked would, would actually not be, um, you know, a positive development for humanity. But uh, uh, though, like everyone getting over their hangups or Americans anyway, getting over their hangups about, uh, uh, about nudity, I suppose, would be a positive development. But, but right. So th- this is in the movie, and the 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 um, the uh, the stated the the stated intent of this is to like display this um, is to display this uh, utopian vision of like men and women, you know, serving together in the the mobile infantry in the future uh, military. Um, the actual intent is to show boobs in in the movie Starship Troopers, right? Like that's why, that's why it's there. And uh, otherwise people would just talk about it, you know, uh, and just talk about how great it is that we all, uh, that we all shower together. And so I, I wonder, um, not right, to take anything I, away from the achievement of Lord in, in Royals. Cause I think it's a, it's a pretty phenomenal track. Um, I wonder if the, the catalog of luxury brands has a logic and has a kind of signification that gets away from you. Um, has a signification all its own. 
Well, uh, unpack that a little bit before I kind of jump in. So, what what do you mean by well, that? I, last I, like, I wonder if there's a. If the, I wonder if in the if the in the same way that it's been asserted that it's impossible to make an anti-war movie because mm-hmm, the cam- mm-hmm, because the mm-hmm. camera loves yeah, the yeah, camera yeah, loves yeah. violence so much and loves the kind of because violence is uh, kinetic, you know, uh, and exuberant. Um, and th- those are things that are, you know, that r- really agree with like film representation. It's, it's uh, impossible to make an anti-luxury hip hop song. Well, yeah, or to, to make an anti-commercial, uh, an anti-acquisitive catalog of, um, <laughs> catalog of luxury brands, right? Yeah, but I think that, but okay, I think that's an interesting, so I, I mean, it'd be interesting to think about whether this is tied to to hip hop because I and I think that you know back to the initial question I think that one another way to put a difference on you know the Love Club EP and, and Royals in particular and kind of most of the rest of um, Pure Heroin uh, the the full length is that Royals ultimately is a, a hip hop song or has a lot connected to kind of contemporary um, rap music and. Let me kind of tell you, like, and 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 this is both in the specific brands that are cited, but in from a musical standpoint, the nature of the um of of the the beat, right? So this kind of spare, kind of percussive, um, you know, bass drums, uh, bass kicks, and uh, and and clicks, uh, you know, snaps, um, and then the uh, uh, that that kind of start this says so just vocals, um, and beat. Um, uh, are reminiscent of even songs like uh, Grindin' by The Clips um, and a number of kind of other ultra-minimal hip-hop songs that are basically just beat and vocals. Um, And then the way in which... you know uh, the way the way in which the baseline comes in ultimately makes it feel um, like it could be at home on a contemporary uh, hip hop and an R and B album um, uh, or a radio station rather, um, and then as a result, like the specific brands that are chosen, um, and you know that the every right and and you know, this is really um, I think important right kind of parsing into the lyrics. And she says every song's like gold teeth, gray goose, tripping in the bathroom. Right, and that's like you know that's every hip hop hip hop song, right? You know that is not you know um, every um, you know every every song by Toby Keith. Sure, you know, every song by Toby <laughs> Keith. Is not about, uh, gold gold teeth, gray goose, tripping in the bathroom is every song that's relevant. Right, um, like, like, let me list all the songs that are not about cold teeth, gray goose, and tripping in the bathroom. <laughs> Stairway to Heaven is not about cold teeth, gray goose, and tripping in the bathroom. Um, California Uberalis is not about cold teeth, gray goose, tripping in the bathroom, uh, and so on and so forth. Right, but no, it's it's it has this invocation of like, well, everybody's doing it, right? That and it's that the, um, it's it's that you know for a long time. Um, for a very long time, I mean, since the long time since you know I was in high school, um, rap, you know, hip hop was the music of the of the cool kids, um, and I actually didn't really you know care for for hip hop um, in in, in uh, high school. I didn't. Well, I wasn't really like outwardly a rap fan because like I didn't. 
to um to like rap whereas my um my brother who was an athlete and was uh, in a different kind of you know he was younger than me but in a, in a different kind of um social cast in high school liked hip-hop and so i like liked hip-hop music you know in the mixtapes that we had uh in the uh in driving when i was driving him to school and i was a junior and he was a freshman but i did not publicly like hip-hop right um and so that every song's like uh gold teeth gray goose yeah yeah i mean every relevant song right sure yeah every song relevant aesthetically or thematically to this to this claim that i'm making right yeah exactly exactly and then the second half of the course is everybody's like this everybody and this is it gets into the kind of everybody's doing it everybody's talking about crystal and maybach and diamonds in the timepiece right and so that this is um and again you know invoking um as you were saying um i think that especially some of these uh brands like maybach um i mean especially maybach is i feel like the um what really links it both to watch the throne because there's uh, definitely several um, references to Maybach uh, in, uh, in 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 watch the throne and then also to um, to Rick Ross right Rick Ross's um, uh, own label uh, is Maybach Music right mm-hmm. um, and 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 Ross is also kind of you know connected. To the the kind of tight cl- cluster of contemporary rappers around um, around Jay Z and Kanye, and you know is is kind of um, was ruling the airwaves around the same time, like in that kind of uh, I guess now what two years ago that Watch the Throne came out, um, the you know Rick Ross's kind of Maybach music was was also um, central. So that um, so yeah, so that that this is kind of you know that it like it's an interesting thing where there's this kind of co-production of you know that listing listing these things you know again so on the one hand it's 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 impossible to come up with a kind of anti-consumerist list of these things um but it's you know, to to spin it also, like, if it was really trying, like, or to, to, to kind of cash out even what you were saying even more, that, you know, if if she was actually anti this, the song wouldn't sound like a hip-hop song, right? That 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 it, it, it's, it's, it becomes kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy. And in some ways, it, like, it's reached that largest fulfillment of that by, by becoming a massively popular pop song, right? That, um, and, and that, uh, and in some ways... It was, it was, it was, you know, it, it, it had to, you know, and obviously, you know, it, it uh, on the one hand, you know, I didn't necessarily think it would become a huge pop hit, um, in, uh, on, on, uh, that was that you said to me, but, you know, in retrospect, it's, um, it's easy to say, well, of course it had to be like this. Um, because, uh, you know, if you're talking about, uh, Crystal, uh, and Maybach, that, that means that this is a popular, you know, top 40 hip hop song. And so if this is saying this, then this is, is that right. So there's this, it's mutual, it, it kind of, um, you know, that, that, 
it's at some point mutually constitutive that the kind of the content um, and the uh, and 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 then how we see it kind of create co-create each other, right? Um, yeah, yeah. And and so um, yeah, and 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 I think that that's you know central to what's uh, going on in in this song. Um, and yet at the same time, I think the other piece of Lord that you started to talk about a little bit um, in the production quality is there's a sense of this being that it's important that this is produced or this the, the song is written by a 16 year old um and that the you know the first recording was you know relatively bare bones that the first ep was uh was released for free i believe uh, like the love club ep was um re- released for free that this feels authentic right and, and that she writes her songs herself right um and that and so that it creates this narrative of of this is an authentic teenager experiencing this kind of her engagement with you know um you know that you have you know, popular culture that, that we're also experiencing, that we're also consumers of. And then she, and this is filtered through a set of high school social relationships, um, which she is then perceiving, commenting on, and then and kind of almost giving a strong misreading and then putting back out there, right? And so that we feel like there's a sense of authenticity that you don't see in other kinds of pop music. Sure. Um, and, and, and so I think that that's like another key piece of um, Lord, um, but then the fact that uh, you know it's interesting to me uh, that I didn't know that you you know first heard about Lord from BuzzFeed. It makes me always wonder, and, and you know then and you know so when I heard about Lord from you and kind of you know looked up Lord, I was like, oh, this is like tiny. This is like tiny free EP. This is this like girl in her bedroom. But now you know as I hear that it first came from. Um, BuzzFeed, and that that you know that even this e- free EP was actually you know released by Universal, yeah, Universal um, in, Group in New Zealand and Australia, right. yeah, and they had been working with her. I mean, they had been grooming her for a while, you know, right. And so, and you know, obviously, you know, I mean, th- I'm not saying this is, is entirely analogous to a horse ebooks kind of um, situation, <laughs> but there's like there even without. A deliberate attempt to obscure the, like the way that it's presented, makes it seem different from what it is. Right? This is still a pop, you know, a produced pop music project, um, and yet, kind of the way in which you know the kind of both discourse with the brands are produced, and then the way that that it relates to kind of how the production of the of the music is presented, kind of makes it think that is something, you know, that is different from something like Taylor Swift or Miley Cyrus, um, where in fact it's less different from those things than, than you would suppose. Right. Yeah. I mean, what, let's have a, I mean, I don't know if you put Taylor Swift on one end, though Taylor Swift, I think writes her own songs. I don't know if Miley Cyrus does or if Miley Cyrus put, put Rihanna on one end, right. Of the kind of R and B pop music, pop it. I mean, I, I, 
I mean, I, we can start, but I think we, we need to have a lot more movable speed. I mean, this is a, we don't even know how many dimensions this space has. <laughs> um, like uh, what, on what end of what, uh, of what kind of magical hyperplane are we looking at? Um, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of from, from. A line? Are you thinking in two dimensions, Matt? <laughs> uh, I, I was actually thinking in, in one dimension, I guess. I was thinking of a, mm-hmm. of a continuum from the most. Oh, yeah. The most indie to the most corporate, you know. Oh, oh, oh false dichotomy. <laughs> uh, right. No, but go ahead. I mean, this is one dimension, right? But as we kind of continue this discussion, I think that this discussion, um, you, know, you know, this this is, is setting the table. And I think as we kind of, you know, uh, use kind of contemporary pop music as our inroad will we'll start to fill out more axes and, and then where things fall in them. But go ahead on kind of most, what did you say most corporate to most indie? Yeah. I mean, right. Like if you put like, uh, I don't know, I don't even know, but like, and these are straw men obviously, or, or women. Um, like if you put Rihanna at the end of sort of most corporate, right. Why, why, why Rihanna? Uh, I'm trying to think of someone who doesn't write their songs, you know, who is basically a brand that is a delivery mechanism for uh, for uh, stuff that's that's kind of created, produced uh, completely separately from them? And if it weren't, and if it weren't them, it would be someone else. Yeah, um, I mean that's like kind of well, like prime era Britney Spears, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, um, I mean, among others, um, or oh, you know of. Um, 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 of current ones is what's her name? Is it Ariana Grande? Um, or like, yeah. um, what was it? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Matt, you should look up Ariana Grande, uh, and maybe we can put her on the agenda. Um, on the syllabus. The, on on the syllabus. Um, who I, I would I would I would argue that she is in that, um, and she is a a child actor um, who um, who has a pop album out um, uh, right now, I believe, um, and and I feel like that is is she from the Disney? Produced. Is she from the Disney yeah. what, machine? And yeah, I I think I mean she's been on. No, she's more from a Nickelodeon machine. Oh, I, I see. Um, uh, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm not entirely, yeah, so I think she was on, yes, yeah, yeah, Nickelodeon, she was on a show called Victorious, um, and th- I think that, um, this is actually, or, I mean, so, but the Disney machine is also a good example of, um, of, of, of also being, you know, the kind of most corporate, right? Um, yeah, sure. And so, that, I mean, and actually, believe it or not, I mean, Britney Spears came out of that, right? Like, right. Of course. Of course. Uh, or, you know, Justin Timberlake and, and, in sync, you know, or even though, um, you know, Timberlake's career has kind of moved in a, in, in a different direction. I mean, it's funny. Uh-huh. I, there's probably some sort of occult or not even very occult sexism operating there where, where he can kind of break free of that orbit. And, mm-hmm. and, and she as a woman, you know, as kind of a woman object, right? Like is, is kind of always subject to that, 
Um, right. Or, and I think, you know, and again, I think we'll talk about more about this next week, but I think Miley Cyrus is an interesting case there as well. Cause Miley Cyrus is also from the, um, the Disney machine, right? Sure. Um, Hannah Montana. Um, and, and then, you know, in the last, you know, ye- you know, several years, but most intensely over the last, you know, half year or last month or so since the um, MTV, you know, Video Music Awards, um, you know, there's been, you know, this aggressive kind of rebranding of Miley Cyrus and discourse around her um, performance and around the Wrecking Ball uh, video that is, you know, very much about like, you know, uh, there, I mean, there's one, at least one of those uh, discourses is about. Um, you know, sexuality and kind of that that rebranding. But again, you know, one could read that kind of a backlash against Miley Cyrus as being kind of, you know, her not being allowed to kind of change that identity in the same way that someone like Justin Timberlake um, has. And I mean, you saw this around um, Britney and, Spears. And to kind of well. also um, to kind of like to sort of come into her own as a sexual subject in the way that you do yeah. in adult in adulthood, right? In the trans in the transition from being an adolescent to being to being an adult. Whereas Justin, you know, Justin Timberlake can do that. And actually, Justin Timberlake can go on SNL, right? And and like make a joke about uh, how he had sex. Put- <laughs> Oh, go ahead. Had, yeah, make sorry, a joke about how he, well, yeah, putting his dick in a box, but also, um, also like he made a joke. Uh, there was one SNL where he made a joke um, about uh, 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 sleeping with Britney Spears when they were teenagers, right? When they were like dating, when they were dating early in their early in their adult careers or in their like late adolescent careers. I don't even know what to call that. What to call that time? That like nineteen ninety seven, eight, nine, two thousand sort of time. Uh, uh, simpler times. Right. And, and, you know, and sort of Miley Cyrus can't, can't do that. We, we talk about it in, in two ways. One is that she's either slutty or two, it's rebranding, right? It's a calculated move. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I, Even I did that. Right. Like well, I right, right. use that discourse. Right. Yeah. Well, sure. And it's, I, I, I don't sort of, I, I don't blame you for it because that's the way, that's the way that's, that's the vocabulary that exists. Yeah. That's right? the vocabulary that's available to us for, for sort of, uh, for sort of talking about this. And I mean, setting aside the, setting aside the, the relative artistic or aesthetic or whatever merits of, you know, the music that, uh, Miley Cyrus is releasing or that's being released under her name. And there I go again, right? Like, uh, or, or the kind of the performances that she's associated with, um, you know, live or televised performances in 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 the case of Le Faire Twerk and, uh, you know, um, uh, filmed performances in the case of like the music video for for Wrecking Ball. Right. Like there's a very different discourse around Miley Cyrus showing up naked in Wrecking Ball and Madonna showing up naked in the sex book back in the day. You remember the remember the sex book and and that like um and I you know I wonder I I wonder about the dynamics of that. I'm not I'm not sure I have a, a fully formed theory about the 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 dynamics of that, but I I, I wonder you, you about it. You don't have to have a fully formed theory yet. That's that's the beauty of a, an ongoing research project. <laughs> um you see that's why that's why we why we come back week after week is that we have to go and collect more data um and then and then and then work through it analyze and uh and 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 parse that so i think that that's going to be um an important next step um so i feel like and again and yeah so let's go back to your continuum let's close the loop on your continuum because i feel like one thing we put on the agenda um 
uh, is Ariana Grande and uh, and and uh, Miley Cyrus and Miley uh, Cyrus's I almost just called her Miley Miley's um, next uh, uh, or her album um, uh, Bangers uh, is is coming out uh, uh, well, a, a week from when we're this on October 1st is coming out on October 8th, um, I believe. But you said so that this, actually, this stream has hit the internet, right? Like, we can we can listen to those songs now, can't we? I believe so, yes. Um, and so... Um, and so, okay, so you can get... Syllabus. Okay, great. So, syllabus, yeah, exactly. I want to... Because I don't know who to put, put in. Like, when we were preparing for this episode last night and exchanging YouTube links, um, my, my favorite that you sent me is uh, Kitty Pride and um, now just Kitty, I guess. Is that, was that an intellectual property thing? Um, yeah. Un- unclear. Yeah, um, unclear. I think we may want to actually just return to um, to to uh, to Kitty Pride at this point as well. Um, the because like we've, we've, so, we've actually been going for an hour. Believe it or no, not. No, 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 no. I know, I know, I know. I'm not. I'm not opening it up. I'm. I'm actually. I'm making a list of of things no, that no, I, no, that I no, want no, everybody no. to review for for next time. But like, I, I'd actually almost put her um, down at the more at the more indie. At, oh, the, definitely. at the indie end, because like there was there was stuff like I I instantly when you sent me the video of OK Cupid, I listened to it. I listened to it again. I googled the lyrics and listened to it a third time, and then I followed her on every social media platform I could I could possibly find um, because I thought it was that awesome. But one of the things that she said in on her website or on Tumblr or something like this was uh, was like, "Hey, everyone's bugging me about getting clean lyrics for remixing." Um, um, uh, here, here's the lyrics with here's the lyrics acapella. Here are the acapellas, but um, uh, they're they're kind of the recording quality is kind of bad because I was just leaning over my MacBook and talking into it when I recorded all of these uh, all yeah. of these songs, and I thought awesome, you know, like that's uh, that's totally good. So so okay, so listen to to Lord's Pure Heroine, uh, listen to uh, Miley's record. What is it called? Bangers. Bangers um, with, a, with a Z. <laughs> got it. Um, uh, Ariana Grande, Grand, uh, her, what's yours, her? Yours Truly. Yours Truly, okay, is the LP. Um, mm-hmm. If you want extra credit, you can go back and listen to, uh, you can go back and listen to um, uh, uh, two things. You can listen again to Watch the Throne. Uh and you can also listen to Baby One More Time if you want to. Certain uh, uh, certain things from like uh, Baby One More Time and Oops, I Did It Again. And then I want to put one more person on uh, who is an L.A. based L.A. based rapper who uh, raps under the name Creation. Uh, Ooh, I'm gonna have to well actually you right there. Okay. Creation's um, uh, from is from the uh, Bay Area. She's from the Bay Area, yeah, yeah. And she grew up and went to high school in the Bay Area. Dropped out when she was 16, and then moved to LA. And there is now LA based. Yeah. Okay. So there's so all those. If you look at the video for Gucci Gucci, like you can see prominently like the street mm-hmm. sign for Fairfax Avenue and a lot of that stuff. There is like Rodeo Drive stuff. Um, and so it's right like. Uh, and and I think that's I think that's important. But yes, no, well actually, well actually taken. Uh, and she talks about like repping Oakland um, in in Gucci Gucci. So there's a there's a video uh, there's a video for a song uh, called 
called Gucci Gucci and good. And we can kind of continue so we can continue this, uh, this subject with those things. Ryan, I don't know what to do about the, um, about our, our normal I've, outro. I've been, thinking, I've been thinking about that the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I guess we just kind of like fade off and we just trail off into silence. <laughs>